I've had people ask like, are you going to make me bark like a dog? Or like, are you going to make me a Cold War assassin or something? It's yeah, like, exactly. No, it, it doesn't work like that. Welcome to Pencil Leadership. My name is Chris Anderson, success and lifestyle coach, and this show is to help you begin building a life of fulfillment and to leave a positive mark on the world. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Now take out your pencils and let's begin. Milton Erickson said, you use hypnosis not as a cure, but as a means of establishing a favorable climate in which to learn. Doug Sands is a consulting hypnotist who helps would-be adventurers overcome fear and anxiety, but he also is a host of Making Meaning Podcasts, a show that interviews top adventurers about the struggles they've overcome, they've overcome in their journeys. And he also helps people all around the world uh, with hypnosis and just wherever they are from the comfort of their own home. So if you're looking to gain more control over your emotions and your mindset, then this episode is for you. And don't forget to share this episode with someone else and subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. Excited to dig into this. Again, it's a, it's a new topic that we haven't touched on much at all, if any. Uh, but first, I'd love to hear kind of about your story, your journey, and what got you into doing this. Yeah. No one ever really wants to become a hypnotist. No, I shouldn't say it that way. No one ever starts life dreaming they're going to be a hypnotist. Unless like <laughs> you were born into a family like that or something. It's just You're so right. far left field. It's It's not even on the radar. That was my case. I grew up in Wisconsin, of all places, and it was very rural. Not a lot of adventure to be had. I knew I wanted to have those cool experiences. Like I wanted to travel. I wanted to be in the mountains and I wasn't sure how to get there. I ended up dropping out of college and bouncing around the U S doing seasonal work, trying to find my purpose. And that was when I discovered, um, meditation. I was struggling with my mental health and I had a, it wasn't quite a near death experience, but I got lost pretty seriously on a hike and I got lost in a blizzard. And that moment shook me up so much that I couldn't keep living the way I was living. And so I was practicing meditation and really learning just how much control I have over my own emotions. And that's when I discovered the link between meditation and hypnosis. And when I learned that hypnosis is not just like a stage show gimmick, that it's actually used to help people all around the world, I was hooked. I mean, I was using some very basic rudimentary techniques on my own issues. And when I realized just how effective those were, I knew I had to get certified. And so I got trained and now it's what I do full time. Wow. That's awesome. And so caught in a blizzard, was that in Wisconsin as well? Or was <laughs> actually was not. I was working in a seasonal, I was working a seasonal job in New Hampshire in the White oh, Mountains. Wow. And uh, anyone in the Northeast knows that that area gets some really brutal winter weather. Yeah. Um, I was hiking the Lafayette Ridge and okay. I would, it was partly my own issue because I was very stubborn. Like I, I, <laughs> I wanted to get this one hike done before I left. And yeah. Um, I should not have been out that day. Like I got to the top mm-hmm. of the ridge and I couldn't see more than 10 feet in any direction. That's how, wow. that's how thick this was. Jeez. How'd you get out? I mean, did you just kind of wait it out or did you kind of trudge through it and find so your way back? What, what I did, I followed the ridge line. I was supposed to turn uh, left onto a different trail to go down uh-huh. back to my car, but I missed that trailhead and oh. I was following this trail that I thought was the oh, right no. one, but it ended up not being in, um, I ended up following the stream because I knew like there were mm-hmm. two streams on my map that crossed the highway. I didn't know which one I was on, but <laughs> I knew eventually I'd get there. Okay. And by the time I got there, like I was soaked through. Oh, I bet. Uh, it was oh miserable, but Jeez. it shaped me. Wow. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy how, 
when we think about our, our journeys, there's usually something that impacts us and, and, and changes the path we're on. It's not always life and death like that, but still things that kind of guide us um, along the way. And, and so, no, I, I'm glad you survived. I'm glad you made your way out because now you're helping a lot of people. Um, and I know during the, that you you mentioned uh, you kind of the difference or there's differences between meditation and hypnosis. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what is kind of the general definition of hypnosis for those myself who, who don't really know what that is? Yeah, there are a lot of different ideas of what hypnosis is. I mean, okay. it's been studied for over 125 years, but it hasn't really been pinpointed yet. Uh-huh. Um, the most, the best way I describe it is that hypnosis is like meditation, but it's got a very specific goal. Okay. So when we look at the brainwave patterns behind hypnosis and meditation, um, our normal brainwave frequencies are hovering right around that beta frequency. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's 12 to 20 or 20 to 24 hertz, somewhere in that okay. range. And anything above that, that is considered gamma frequency. Now, that's where we go when we're in solo meditation. And a lot of people think our brainwaves slow down, but we're actually increasing the speed of that. We're focusing more. The opposite is true when you're looking at guided meditations. You're actually dropping down the scale, going closer to sleep as your brainwaves slow down. Uh And that's why hypnosis for meditators, they often report that it feels just like a really deep guided meditation. Okay. So when you're in hypnosis, you're dropping from that beta frequency down through alpha frequency, which is like a light trance if you're, I don't know, zoning out in the car or getting lost in a really good movie. That's alpha. Uh, Below that is theta. Theta is the working state of hypnosis. That's that really creative state that we pass through right before we fall asleep when we're lying in bed. So if you've ever had a really good idea right before you drift off, that's because you're in that theta state. Uh, and okay. so it looks like sleep when someone in it is in hypnosis, they're still conscious. They're still hearing every single word that you're saying because they're in that theta state. They're hovering just above sleep. Their mind is relaxed enough that they've lowered that, they've lowered that threshold of making change, but it's still alert enough to protect them in those okay. situations. Gotcha. Well, that's interesting. I didn't realize the, the kind of, level of the the brain waves at which each goes into and it's and it, i do notice like during guided my meditation like you almost feel uh, feel sleepy but feel like you could like i mean in that sense because you're slowing down and so wow so theta or so hypnosis gets to theta which is even lower mm-hmm. right than guided meditation yeah okay. some kind of meditations they actually you know um, i listen to them and i can pick out exactly um, the phrases and the different structures that are pulled directly from hypnosis, whether oh, okay. that's intentionally or just, uh-huh. it's, um, I don't know, someone did it once and it just got brought into the nomenclature. Huh. Uh, what kind of phrases? Very, they pull phrases out of that? Absolutely. Like, like they pull um, the phrases and the language patterns. And again, I don't know if it's done intentionally, right. but um, anyone who's had hypnosis training or like Neo Ericksonian training, mm-hmm. um, those tools are very effective when okay. used in a guided meditation sense. So it, I guess for me, it personally, it makes sense why a meditator would want to use those tools to help their, their students really get to that deep state. Absolutely. That's interesting. So, and these tools are something we could even use to master our mind and emotions. Is that kind of what you teach or help teach a little bit? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So okay. I do, I do a couple of different services. I do one-on-one uh, consulting hypnosis. That's my main mm-hmm. one. Okay. Because I found that's 
that that is the most effective way to change. I've also found that um, I'm able to teach people self-hypnosis because okay. I was doing that in my own life. Yeah, and there's a little bit of uh, there's a little bit of difficulty in that because when you are doing self-hypnosis, you have to be both the the subject mm. being hypnotized and the person doing the hypnotizing. Gotcha. And so uh, there's a little bit of a learning curve there. Yeah. Uh, I found the easiest way to do that is to uh, hypnotize someone and show them what it feels like and then give them those proven tools to get back there. Okay. And so that's like the, the second third of my business. And the like the base level where people often start is I give them tools from meditation and yoga, like breath work. Okay. Uh, these are the tools that I give people, um, my anti-anxiety clients, so that they can manage anxiety in between sessions. They're like mm. two to three minutes at most. And yeah. Oh, interesting. So, because I, I like from my naive perspective, hypnosis is, hey, snap your finger, you're in a trance and, and you do what I say kind of thing. Is That's not really, that's kind of been Hollywooded, right? You got it. Yeah. Okay. I see. <laughs> when I work with a first time client, the first 10 to 15 minutes are always just breaking down those mis misconceptions of what yeah. you know hypnosis is right. and what it isn't. I've had people ask like, are you going to make me bark like a dog? Or like, <laughs> are you going to make me a cold war assassin or something? It's yeah, like, exactly. no, it, it doesn't work like that. Okay. Gotcha. So this is kind of just a, would you say it's a deeper form of meditation? Or... I would say it's, it's not, it's not exactly a meditation. It's a different okay. tool. It's gotcha. very closely linked. Okay. But when you're doing hypnosis for change work, you, you're getting someone to that guided, to that theta state where you can mm -hmm. get in and guided meditation. Right. But you're also using tools from neuroscience and psychology. So you're taking it a step further. And gotcha. when you get down to that theta state, you're making those changes and really working with the brain's natural patterns okay. because the unconscious mind, it speaks in images and feelings. That's why you get that gut feeling. It, it, it doesn't tell you directly like, Hey, something's wrong. Yeah. It's uh, it says that through that sense. And so when you're in hypnosis, you're using images and feelings to convey it, what you want to that unconscious mind in the language that it can understand. Okay. Interesting. And so I, I guess how many tools kind of do you give your, your clients or how many kind of actionable tools are there that people can start using uh, after listening to this episode you to bet. kind of master that emotion and mindset? Yeah, I found that there were seven tools that I really kept coming back to. Okay. Those tools I mentioned before of yeah. uh, managing anxiety or really just getting themselves in the right mindset. Mm -hmm. um, I've actually compiled those into a video series. If anyone is oh, interested, awesome. I can cool. send you that link. Um, but they're very simple. They're like two to three minutes and they work on various ways of calming anxiety and changing our mindset. Okay. Um, I usually start people with breath work because that's so simple and it's so proven to be effective, whether it's meditation and other things. Uh -huh. And then we go into things uh, or resources from NLP and um, other just modalities that you can mm -hmm. really make some powerful changes with. Okay. So with breath work, what is, I mean, you hear like breathe in, breathe out the different like lengths of breathing and things. So why is that where you start? Besides it's so simple. Yeah. I, it, it's so simple and it's always with you. Okay. And all of the breath work techniques that I give people, they work on one simple premise. They work mm -hmm. on the vagus nerve. And okay. that's that nerve that runs from your brain to your heart and your lungs. Yeah. It, it controls that fight or flight feeling. And it, by 
doing these exercises, you reverse that feeling and say, if your body's calm, then your brain can be calm too. It's a really, okay. it's like a biohack that you can, Yeah. I mean, you don't, you don't need to believe in it for it to work. It just right. really is a very effective way to calm anxiety. Okay. I like that. Yeah. And it, it definitely, like I've noticed when I've uh, used it during guided meditation or just throughout my day, like it just, it really does have a positive impact just overall in the body. So, um, Okay. So breath words, the first one you have, maybe what would be the next tool that you give after like showing breath work to people? I often talk about some modalities in NLP. Okay. Um, do you know what NLP is? Uh, Neuro linguistic programming. You got it. Yeah. Okay. So cool. just like a brief overview of that. Yeah. NLP was developed by two researchers out of California, Bandler and Grinder, um, okay. who studied hypnotists and hypnotherapists and just therapists to figure out what they did that was so effective at getting mm. changes. So it's not exactly hypnosis, but it's got some very strong links to hypnosis. Okay. And one of the most one of the most common ways to change emotions and mindset in NLP is to change the what we call the submodalities. Mm. And when we form an experience in our mind when we're thinking of a memory or when we're actually experiencing something, we're playing a mental movie. We're hearing sounds, we're seeing sights, and we are feeling feelings. Right. And what NLP does, it changes those building blocks of it. Like, okay. for example, looking at the, the visual component, you can, if you see that mental movie and it's very bright and vivid, mm-hmm. and you want to turn down that emotion, you can make it dull and like turn huh. it black and white. And just by making those changes, uh, you notice how how your brain starts to code the emotion that's linked to that. Because it, I mean, it's not just like positive feel good kind of things. Right. Our brain is literally making that holographic image of that experience in our in our mind. Hmm. And when you change the building blocks of it, you are literally recoding it at the protein structure. I believe wow. the, protein, the protein is kinase C and you're changing that. You're literally changing how the brain is storing that memory. Wow. That's crazy. And so like you can, cause sometimes like we have experiences that we, we remember, remember them like in our mind differently than they actually happen. And, and it almost makes it more traumatic or makes it more negative. And so being able to do that, you can really help people like overcome things. You got it. Yeah. Okay. I read recently that something like 50% of our memories are false. <laughs> like yeah. they're not, they're not objectively true. Yeah. And if we're doing this to ourselves all the time, like we're changing our memories, why not do it intentionally? Yeah. That's what these kind of tools help us to do. And so I've actually uh, incorporated this routine into my daily life. Like at the end of the day, I go through, I go through like the big memories of that day. And if it was a positive memory, I bring it in close and I make it bright and I make it really big and vivid. And if it's a negative memory, I make it very small and I push it away and I put it in a box so that it's not, so that, you know, it's, it looks like a picture frame and it's frozen in time. Huh. And that simple shift has really trained my brain to look for positive, positive. memories, like the yeah. ones that I outlined. It's, it's communicating in that way that the brain can understand. That's really cool. And I think a lot of people like, they might hear that and be like, oh my goodness, like, ooh, frou-frou kind of stuff. Well, like the mind is so powerful and like, we don't utilize it and we don't train it like we do our, our muscles and, and our cardiovascular system where but it is a muscle it's it's the one that controls everything else so if we can really harness those thoughts and those emotions which are so powerful in our day-to-day lives like more than we know like so much we could have so much positive change in our lives in ourselves 
You got it. And I yeah. get that question a lot of you know, what is the science or how how woo woo is this? Right. There are a lot of hypnotists who go really far down the down the the woo woo scale. Yeah. Um, I try to meet my client wherever they're at. I I go directly as far as I can on the scientific side. Mm-hmm. But if they come in and they're like, I don't know, um, I had the spiritual experience once. Like that's that's what I'm going to package it as. I'm still using the same proven tools that have been you know they've studied for so long. Right. But I am framing it in that way that their unconscious mind has already agreed with. That's cool. No, and I think it's I think it's crazy. I like I love the brain. I love the mind. There's and there's so much we don't know still with all yeah. of it. How it's just <laughs> it's really it's unbelievable. But okay, so breath work, NLP modalities, just changing kind of those those images in our mind and emotions. Uh, what would you say would be next? Oh, there are two big tools that okay. I really close out with. One, so I, I start with the breath work. Uh-huh. Partly because um, it's it's more believable. It gets people into yeah. that frame of mind where they're willing to consider new things because mm-hmm. the last two are a little bit unique. Okay, um, I like it. The The third one I usually uh, lead them to is, it's called Jin Shin Jutsu. And it's uh, all about using energy work. And it's it's a very, it's a well-established practice over in the okay. East. It's, been, it's got a history that stems back 3,000 years. Wow. I mean, that's older than Christianity. That's older than Buddhism. And it's all about, I mean, there, there's so many different things when you dive deep into it, but what I use it for is very base level. And it's all about changing emotions by squeezing certain fingers. So to do it, all you have to do is take one of your fingers in the other hand in your palm and squeeze it until you feel a pulse. And each of your fingers are corresponding to a different emotion. So your thumb is general worry. Your forefinger is panic. Your middle finger is anger, which is easy uh, right. to remember. Yeah. <laughs> the fourth finger is sadness. And the fifth finger is overthinking or over planning. Huh. And so I've used, I've helped people with a fear of um, fear of flying. If they've gotten on the plane, um, if someone, you know, if someone doesn't know if that feeling is general anxiety or panic, I just tell them to squeeze both the forefinger and the thumb. And I've heard stories of people using this to overcome long-seated phobias and fears, like, as I was saying, on the plane or um, in elevators. Uh, yeah, if you're listening to this, I just encourage you to try this. Like, take your thumb in your uh, other palm and just squeeze it and just hold it for, I don't know, 10, 15 seconds. And huh. notice whatever feelings you're feeling and notice how it's changing. That's cool. Okay, so can you, uh, just for one more time for those listening, yeah. what are the fingers and what are they Correlate with thumb is the thumb is general anxiety or general worry. The pointer finger mm-hmm. is panic. The middle finger is anger, anger or yeah. rage. <laughs> the the fourth finger is sadness. Okay. And the fifth finger is overthinking things. Huh. And so the premise behind this is if you feel anxious, you should grab your thumb, or you grab your thumb and you can tell you're anxious. You, you should grab your thumb if you feel anxious. Okay. So um, this is a really cool one because you can do it literally anywhere. Like if you're just squeezing yeah. your thumb, no one really knows what no, you're doing. Exactly. I've used this during, uh, I've used this during speeches. Like if I'm feeling anxiety uh-huh. rising, I just put my hands behind my back and squeeze for a couple seconds and I'm good to go. Um, I've used this during conference meetings and it's just, it's, it's so versatile. It's one yeah. of the ones I love. Uh, it's, it's one of the ones that I love, I should say. That's really neat. So is there like a, a time limit you're supposed to squeeze your finger t- 
to, or just until you start to feel like kind of that relaxing, that, that calmness coming? Is just that kind until of you start to feel that calmness. Usually it la- uh, I'd say between 15 seconds and about a minute. Huh. And that's, I, I always encourage people to hold it until that feeling is gone. Because when you take it to zero, you're teaching your brain that this is what you want. If you, t- if you squeeze your thumb for, I don't know, 10 seconds, yeah. and you feel a little bit better, but you still got some of that anxiety, you're teaching your brain that it's okay to have that little low-level anxiety. And that's not what mm-hmm. we want. Right. So take it to zero every time. That's interesting. And, and that's called what? Jin Jin? Jin Shin Jutsu. Jin Shin Jushu. Yeah, that's interesting. I've never heard of that. That's, and I mean, I wonder because... You see when people are nervous, they're almost like sometimes they fidget, fidget, like, yeah, like, and I, I think I notice myself if I'm really, really nervous, I'm fidgeting. I do grab my thumb almost. Like, yeah. I think we do this unconsciously. Yeah. It's like I, I worked with um, a friend of a friend who, whose child was having some anxiety issues and they mm. were already doing this. Like they were huh. grabbing their hands when they were nervous. Like that was their nervous yeah. tick. And it's, it's the brain just doing that thing without realizing what it is. And that's, and like stuff like this, I find really intriguing because so my background's uh, health and human performance and mm-hmm. like how the body works. And I think we're created with so much more ability to help ourselves um, just from a, from a health standpoint. And I think mm-hmm. things like this, I think because of my faith and everything, I think I created us to be able to do things like this for a reason. And so I, it's interesting to me. So that's, that's really cool. I'll have to, I'll have to try that and, and see if I notice a change. Um, and you said that there's one more you like doing that was yeah. unique. This one is definitely probably the most powerful one that I give on this okay. list. It's, it's the most complicated and it's also the one that, um, is a little bit more woo woo. Okay. Um, it's called faster EFT and it's, it's six meridians that you tap on to oh, change uh-huh. any emotion. I think I've heard about this. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this has got a lot of history and a lot of study behind it. And so while it, it sounds a little out there. You're using the same meridians that you use in acupuncture and acupressure mm. to make changes. And these okay. these have been, I, I love to tell people about the history of acupuncture in brief. Yeah. In that, like, even though it was completely like segregated in the East, like people in ancient Europe were tattooing these meridians on their body. They'd found out about them themselves and so it's just it's just part of our body chemistry interesting and so that faster eft technique there's uh six spots that i uh, tell people to tap on because i found i don't know there's at least a hundred different spots you could tap on with eft if you really dive into it and practitioners go really deep but i found um that there are six spots that really clear up most problems okay and so when i when i walk people through this the first thing I always do is have them identify that negative emotion that they want to get rid of, okay. whether it's fear or anger or sadness. Uh, it can also be something physical in your body. Yeah. I know people who use this for fibromyalgia. Oh, wow. And that's because the, like, the pain weight or the pain, the neural pathways that mm-hmm. register pain in our body, they are the same for emotional pain and physical pain. That's why... Uh, they've done studies with Tylenol. If you give someone Tylenol, they're less um, emotionally responsive to people and they have a harder time mm-hmm. empathizing. Interesting. But going back to EFT. Yeah. So you identify that emotion, then give it a name because when you're tapping, you want to say that name to keep that problem in the, st- in, you know, in the front of your mind. Okay. 
And so when you've got that, you've got your name, let's say like, I don't know, sadness or something. Okay. Mm -hmm. You start tapping these six spots. The first stop, first spot is on the very top of the head. Okay. It's in the very center line. Um, I don't know, like the tallest point of your head. And okay. what you do, you tap with your three fingers on that spot and tap loud enough that you can hear it, but not loud or not hard enough that you yeah. are hurting yourself. Yeah. Okay. So you tap that first spot while saying that word, okay. you know, tap, 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 sadness, sadness. And then you move on to the second spot. You okay. tap, How long tap. do you tap for? I would say um, five, I don't know, five to six taps in each, okay. in each spot. It's, okay. it's not too, um, yeah. it's, too it's flexible. Yeah. The second spot is right in the middle of your forehead. It's that okay. center line of your body right between your two eyebrows. And you tap okay. that spot. And then the third spot is on the corner of your eye. Like imagine a horizontal line coming out mm -hmm. from the very corner on the outer side, you know, our corner yeah. right, near your temple. And either eye, doesn't matter. Okay. And the fourth spot is right under your eye. It's that ridge of bone that forms your eye socket. Okay. You tap that. And then the fifth spot, this one always trips people up. It's underneath your collarbone. And so you could so find your sternum. Uh -huh. And where it meets your collarbone and then go an inch over either to the left or to the right and tap directly underneath that collarbone spot. So that's the fifth spot. Huh. And then the sixth spot is you just take your hand and squeeze your entire wrist. So uh, I'm showing it on the video. Uh, yeah. You squeeze you, on the inside you of your wrist. Almost. You like cup the inside. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So your because palm, your palm should be on the, the underside of your wrist. Yep. Okay. And there are, that's because there are a bunch of different tapping spots there. Um, and not to get too, not, not to get too specific on where you're tapping, uh -huh. you just tap them all by squeezing it. Okay. So you squeeze like five or six times, just like you would tap. I actually just squeeze and hold. Just squeeze and hold. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And so I actually, a lot of EFT practitioners, they will link a, an anchor there because mm. when you squeeze that, usually you feel uh, feeling of peace or calm. And so they'll just say peace or mm. happiness or whatever they want to link to that. Do you and change the word the whole time or do you pick the one word that you're trying to get rid of and go through those spots? You pick the one word one that word you're trying to go trying. through okay. and fix okay. it. Yeah. So just to pre, you know, recap it one more time. Yeah. Up on the top of the head while you're saying your one word, mm -hmm. uh, tap in the middle of the forehead, okay. on the corner of the eye, underneath the eye, on either side of the sternum at the collarbone, and then squeeze your wrist. And if you want to say a positive word, say it then. Okay. So at the end, you ground it with a positive word. Exactly. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I, and I, yeah. Because I mean, you know, there's pressure points in the body. There are things mm -hmm. like that. And so uh, I want to, I don't think it'd be too, too far fetched to have things like these, these grounding, these faster e EFT places to help us relieve the emotions because we're like, it's all connected our soul or our nerves or our mu muscles. And so that's really interesting. I had, I had heard of that. I, I didn't, I don't think I knew what the name was, but, <laughs> um, and, and you can do that as many times throughout the day as you want, whenever you're yeah, feeling so anxious or frustrated or sad or whatever it is. Yeah. I cool. typically tell people, um, to go through, I don't know, five, it typically takes like three to five rounds of tapping. Uh -huh. Um, okay. I forgot to mention, you should rate that emotion on a scale of one to 10 before you start, okay. because that lets you know when you're at zero mm, and you just take it to zero. However many rounds of tapping it usually takes. Okay. Uh, I would say that 
if if it's if it's not dropping quickly, like usually it drops by two to three number times or numbers each single time that you go through the round. Yeah. If it's dropping like half a point or like a quarter of a point, whatever that means, drink some water because you're okay. probably dehydrated. And that's one of the main things that trip people up. Interesting. No, that's good. Yeah. We definitely, a lot of people need to drink more water for sure. So that's good. <laughs> that's a good tip yeah. right there too, in general, but mm. uh, okay. That's awesome. So these four, I think are, are really practical and, and simple to kind of start implementing or trying at least uh, in your own in your own days. I mean, breath work, the NLP uh, modality type, just changing emotion, just kind of changing those picture and boxing them where you want them. And, uh, and then um, the Jinshin Jusu. Yep. Doing those, the finger squeezing. I like that. That's, that's a, cause I, like, I mean, when you're nervous, you like, you think about, you like squeeze your fingers. Exactly. And like that. Yeah. So that's cool. And then the faster EFT, just tapping the six <laughs> different places and, 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 and saying the word that you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so neat. And it definitely gives a different perspective to hypnosis that I think a lot of people probably have uh, yeah. just from, from movies and things like that. So I think this is a really cool topic that people can take these and, and use them actionably in their lives, like just right now listening to this. So yeah, you bet. That's awesome. Is there anything else besides these tools that kind of people should think on, or is this kind of the good place to start besides obviously reaching out to you? This is a really good place to start. Okay. I also offer uh, some free hypnosis. I call them hypnotic test drives. Oh yeah, uh, I give that away on my Instagram uh, okay. for people who are curious what hypnosis feels like. Uh, my handle is at making your meaning, and okay. it's not just me like putting people in a, a good place like a guided meditation. It's me actually taking those tools from the the therapy, the change work room, and using those in a generalized setting. I've worked okay. on uh, seasonal affective disorder. I've got one coming out for panic attacks, I believe in January. And, uh, it's just, it's my way of giving back to the community. And it's my way of showing people that hypnosis is not as weird and, (laughs) um, strange as people think it might be. Yeah, no, that's really cool. And, and we'll definitely get to where they can connect with you at here in a second. But first I'd love for you to, uh, so I asked this question of all my guests is, uh, pencil leadership, the fifth trait, uh, were uniquely created to leave a positive mark in the world in our own way. So after every, after everything is said and done for you here on earth, what do you hope the mark you made is? Mm. I want to show people and to help people realize that we have so much more control over our emotional states than I ever thought possible. Mm. When I was after that hike, when I was struggling with my mental illness, I thought I needed to go to someone else and have them fix me, but I was the one who needed to do the fixing. I Mm. already had the base tools and by learning hypnosis and meditation, uh, I was able to improve my tool set and figure out how to fix myself. But I would, uh, the mark I really want to leave is that we are so much more powerful in our own lives than we realize. Yeah. I love that. And it's so true. I, it kind of ties into what my goal is, is to show people they have so much more potential mm-hmm. and a power as well is right, right there with it. So, um, Doug, thank you so much for sharing all this mm-hmm. today. I love it. I, I could geek out and keep going on it, but, um, where can people, I know you said Instagram app, making your meaning, um, mm-hmm. where else can people connect with you at and see what you're up to? 
Yeah, you bet. My main website is anywherehypnosis.com. I do it completely online. And luckily, I built it that way before COVID yeah. struck. So <laughs> uh, that anywherehypnosis.com. Okay. Uh, I also, we were talking about those tools. Mm -hmm. If they want to see like videos of that, I've got that compiled into a, a video series that I give away on my website. Cool. And uh, I think the URL for that is anywherehypnosis uh, slash anxiety dash seven dash tools. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. And we'll try to get that in the show notes. Uh, but yeah, guys, check it out. Just continue to learn how to just take control of your emotions and your mindset and really live into that power and potential that you're created for. So again, Doug, thank you so much for being on Pencil Leadership today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope it brought you value. If it did, leave a rating and review on whatever platform you listen to your podcast. This actually helps us get this in front of more people so we can leave a bigger mark. And then share this with someone, someone that it could bring value to so you can make a difference in their life as well. Now let's go out and be pencil leaders.